Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Garage Rock Show Podcast. And if you like this episode, please take a minute to give us a rating in your Apple or Google store. Now on to this week's episode. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show Podcast. Chris here with our special guest this week. George, thanks for coming back, man. Thanks for having me. And Charles, good to have you back once again. Konnichiwa. And Aaron, once again, thank you, man. Yep. We're here on Friday, February 7th, Season 2, Episode number 6. This week's topics include... Uh, some good news about Dave Mustaine uh, saying that he's 100% cancer-free, so that's nice. pretty cool. James Hetfield makes his first public appearance since rehab. Oh. Soundgarden responds to Vicky Cornell's lawsuit. Help needed for Manson in the Mars Volta bassist Juan Alderete after a bicycling accident. We'll talk about those details. My Chemical Romance fans furious after Ticketmaster reselling scheme. Major shows announced for System of a Down, Guns N' Roses, Incubus Ooh. 311, Epicenter Festival has their full lineup out and more. Plus this week in Music History Trivia, our new 10-second trivia weekly WTF and more. Uh, we still got a couple guest list spots for uh, Alter Bridge at the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco, February 23rd. Got to be over 18 to enter. Text the word PODCAST to 68683 and make sure to grab tickets at goldenvoice.com. Do it. Uh, this week's rock alternative college releases on the Billboard charts. Green Day's got a new album out. Father of All uh, Motherfuckers, I think, is the full name. They d- didn't want to print it. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Not a Surf's got a new one. Never Not Together. That's kind of a trip. Fucking remember Not a Surf. Not popular. A yeah, yeah. Fucking <clears throat> yeah. Not a Surf's got a new one. Poolside, Low Season, uh, Sepultura. Sepultura. It's got a new album called Quadra. Wow. Quadra. Uh, That's cool. STP has their new acoustic album. It's their first new album with their lead singer. I haven't heard it yet, um, so check that one out. Cadillac 3, The Homesick, and The Lone Bellow also new albums out. So here's the story kicking off the news this week uh, in the rock world. Dave Mustaine confirms he's 100% cancer-free. Nicely done. Uh, He revealed he was diagnosed with throat cancer in June of last year. He's been uh, doing treatment ever since. And in a recent gig in London on January 31st, he told the crowd uh, that he out, he was kind of talking about his whole treatment regimen, and he said that he is 100% free of cancer uh, per his doctor. Nice. So, very cool, right? Nice. Uh, less than a year after receiving that diagnosis, um, you know, he, he beat it. So good for yeah, him. Just like the Pied Piper. What's that? <laughs> Dave oh, 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 the Megadeth lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Well, that rat said this week. Hello, me, cancer free. Good for him, right? Absolutely good for, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 100%, man. So this was a interesting, uh, unfortunate thing that happened, but a very cool thing that happened at the same time. Marilyn Manson asking fans to donate uh, to help his injured bassist, uh, Juan Alderete, who suffered a serious head trauma and other grave injuries in a bicycle accident last month. He posted a link to his GoFundMe page on his Instagram, writing, My friend and bandmate Juan needs our help and our energy. Please give whatever you can. The goal was 250000 so it must be some very expensive medical bills. 
Yeah. Uh, that is, I'm sure his insurance, he's reached the limit, right? Yeah, or has no insurance at all, I guess, as a musician, right? We've we've known people in our lives uh, recently that have gone through similar situations where it's kind of like, right, your money, um, you start asking for friends and family to help out because oh, yeah. you just can't make those payments. It's just outrageous what, uh, you know, they charge for that stuff. Oh, yeah. Not to say that people in that industry don't give the best of care and they earn every penny in a lot of ways but it's just very expensive for families to bear that burden so i think it's cool manson kind of speaking out and yeah giving people a chance to donate you know um i don't know just in comparison i know somebody recently and their goal they had a serious brain injury and their goal was like twenty thousand. Yeah, and this is two hundred fifty thousand. It's quite a difference. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, just uh, apparently he was <clears throat> injured near his home, uh, and his wife took to social media, kind of updating fans, sharing that the accident wasn't caused by cars or people. She shared that her husband had su- suffered the brain injury, known TBI, known as diffuse axonal injury, and he mm. had fallen into a coma. So yeah, he was. He used to be the bass player for the Mars Volta and Racer X, and well, then joined Manson's band. You know, uh, going off of what Aaron said, it may be only twenty thousand because they actually did have an insurance, and twenty thousand was what the insurance wouldn't cover. Right. Uh, yeah. So like this guy, as a musician, he might not have insurance. In yeah, the he might not have had maybe. any kind of insurance. Yeah, and that's the case with a lot of musicians and people that are on the road and maybe like kind of in between jobs and stuff and being an independent musician or whatever you're not really covered on that front so yeah very unfortunate so donate what you guys can crow milk of course is the protein based milk uh dairy product made with the eggs of crows which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom charles you know from harvesting crows eggs uh, yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The uh, the fortification and benefits of these crow's eggs. Yeah. Sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But crow's milk does so much more. It, it not Helps only with inflammation. It, it it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg, but it it <laughs> blends it up in dairy based product that is just uh, second to mm-hmm. none. You know. And it truly gives you that. It truly gives you that that scavenger chest. Like it <laughs> it really it makes you. It you makes know. you have the mindset of a crow. You can see those crows on the street where you're yeah. driving your car, <laughs> and they don't move out of the way. Yeah, because they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that I don't give a fuck mentality. Yeah, on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Crow. Yeah, crow milk. Drink it. <laughs> Drink it and be, and be one with with your own um with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk. So thank you, crow. Milk. Um, let's move on to some festival and uh, concert news. Helmet. This is a big one-off show. It's not really a festival. It's five bands, one night. They're calling it of galactic proportion. Oh, it's wow. System of a Down, Corn, Faith No More, Helmet, and Russian Circles. Uh, four out of five of those bands could be straight out in 1998. Oh, big time. Uh, Russian Circles is the only modern band there on there, but... That's a pretty solid lineup. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I would, yeah. That'd be awesome to see that what show. You guys think about that little lineup there. That'd be a fun evening. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> a lot of hopping. How much blood do you have to sell to, uh, or organs harvested to buy tickets for this event? Uh, uh. It's, it's coming up May twenty second. 
Bank of California Stadium. It's apparently where they have their soccer games uh, down there. And I guess it's, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I don't know how much tickets uh, are. I probably have, I would guess around the $100 mark. Yeah, probably not as much as a JT or like a Beyonce ticket or something like that. You know, <laughs> those are like hundreds of dollars. Or even a festival ticket. If this yeah. is a one-day thing, uh, usually they try and keep it in the the $100 range. Yeah, I mean, that's <clears> pretty cool. I got a quote here from Jonathan uh, Davis telling us uh, why he likes playing these types of festivals, uh, these like one-day and three-day type festivals where just kind of the band gets to, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll let him tell you. I really like the Destination Festivals. I mean, they they got tons of them in Europe. They do extremely well. It's so expensive, and so much goes into bringing a, a, a festival on the road, taking it from city to city, because we've done it with Family Values. It seems like it's better just to put this big festival, book a whole bunch of bands, and have people come to you. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. He's done that Family Values tour, and he knows that just better to just kind of do these one-off, you know, big shows and, yeah, like, touring come to you. Yeah. It's a heavy commitment. <clears throat> it is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's got to be. And as these guys get older, I'm sure. families, it's harder to. And it's hard to get a lineup like that where they could all. They probably couldn't do that on the road. Yeah. But at one show in L.A., and they all kind of like, yeah, you know, we got an opening that weekend. We could do that. Yeah, man. You get next a better lineup, you know, yeah. I think. A better on, experience. On tour, next thing you know, it's a Bob Singer song. <laughs> and it, Heroin starts looking real good. <laughs> <laughs> Just starts slowly going yeah. down that road, right? Yeah, coked out. You David co- Crosby. coked out David Crosby before you know it. <laughs> you don't want none of this, do we? You don't want none of this. Next thing you know, a trailer's doing coming up behind you, doing dead. lines on a semi truck <laughs> dashboard. You know, in the three a.m. Uh, early yeah. dawn. It was our second week on tour. And a coke-fueled David Crosby came up on our asses. <laughs> flaming trailer. Uh, all right, let's move on to some more tour news. Guns N' Roses announcing Summer 2020 North American Stadium Tour. Mm. Check out the artwork there. Um, looks like they are going to be hitting basically a lot of festivals and stadiums. They're doing kicking it off on 4th of July for the festival in Milwaukee. Wow. With Summerfest, and then look at all the fucking stadiums they're playing. Wow. You know what? They, Fenway Park, Wrigley Field. Oh, yeah. Did I hear right that the pumpkins are opening, at least on certain dates? Really? Oh, yeah. they could be. Yeah, that 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 is a definite possibility. I haven't heard that, but, yeah, that's that's definite possibility. They're, you know, I bet you anything they're going to be the first uh, rock band, maybe, I don't know, maybe competing with Metallica, uh, probably the first rock band to, to be billionaires. Well, you know, <clears throat> this tour that they're on is already the number three highest ranking or uh, highest grossing tour of all time. Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. extending it a whole nother year. Yeah. Wasn't there like one show that they like accrued like $400 million from or something yeah. crazy? Like, or $4 million that knows. They basically get like a million dollars a show now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, That's the, nuts. for these shows. So it's pretty wild, dude. Um, all right, Epicenter released its full lineup for Charlotte Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Ooh, Starset. Uh, Metallica headlining on Friday. 
with Papa Roach and Godsmack. And then on Saturday, it's Disturbed, Leonard Skinner, and Stained. And then Sunday, it's Metallica again, Deftones, and Volbeat. Ooh, Gojira. Gojira, Rancid, nice. Dropkick Murphys, Chevelle, Cypress Hill, Anthrax, Alter Bridge, David Lee Roth even on there. Fucking yeah. Diamond Dave, Royal Blood, I Prevail. And a lot of other good bands on the kind of uh, this seems this is always what I um, anticipate aftershock is gonna look a lot like yeah this festival is same same promoter Danny Wimmer yeah 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 it's very similar yeah what do you guys think of that it looks good yeah it looks like fun yeah um, I'd like to see a lot of those bands so again I'd like to see a lot of those bands again. Yeah. yeah, look at that. That's basically an Aftershock poster right there. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the artists that we saw at Aftershock this past year. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of them uh, are coming your guys' way May 1st through the 3rd in North Carolina. Wow, look at Papa Roach build before David Lee Roth. Wow. Look at yeah. That. Oh, this, what the wild <coughs> times, right? It's like everything I see lately is still looking like a 90s. I know. It's <laughs> very 90s heavy, yeah. right? It's yeah. coming back. These are all bands that were big look. in the 90s. Oh, dude, check that out. Okay, look yeah, at the Cypress on Hill Saturday. On Saturday. Well, look, look at look it down below. So it says you could barely see it at the very bottom. It says Brass Against. Have you ever heard these guys? They're amazing. No. They're, they it's all brass instruments. Well, mostly brass instruments. And they have different singers come on. And they just do covers. They've done a lot of Tool oh, wow. covers. Yeah, they're it's really cool. With awesome. Horn sections as opposed to guitars. Yep, exactly. Wow. Yeah, very very cool. See, those are those sections. are always like fun sets to see at the yeah. festivals like that. Those are unique performances. Yeah, those are those are cool. I like that shit. Oh Sounds yeah. off triumphant and shit. Oh yeah, that's exactly <laughs> nice it. Uh, so. Uh, speaking of festivals, Slipknot unveiling some Knotfest Roadshow tickets or uh, festival dates, excuse me, for 2020. Uh, nothing out here on the West Coast. Uh, looks like because we got Slipknot at Aftershock in October of last year. So it looks like you guys starting off May 30th in Syracuse, New York. Uh, you guys are getting the first date of the tour and then it goes through June. I got a quote here from Corey Taylor uh, talking about why Slipknot is focused on making Knotfest a unique festival. Check it out. When we put our name on something, it's going to be quality. You know, we don't just put our name on anything. We go above and beyond to really make sure that whatever we put our name on, we back it 110%. And just something like this, that, you know, we're basically branding our own festival. We want to make sure that it is, it's top to bottom different than anything else that you would see out there. So there you go. Mm, nice. Tickets for the Knotfest Roadshow go on sale 10 a.m. Uh, today. They just went on sale February seventh. Have you had their booze? Quality. They've got they've got their own <coughs> brand of whiskey quality. out. It's yeah, not just it, it's not just a tortilla on the face. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, we were just talking we're gonna about get that. To, uh, tortilla <laughs> yeah. man. He's been revealed apparently oh, yeah. this week. It's oh, a really? big breakthrough for Tortilla Man. Yeah. Oh man, uh, we didn't just grab a tortilla. And throw I haven't it on had his their face. whiskey, the Slipknot whiskey. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't had it. Uh, yeah. You know, it would be pretty dope if Tortilla Man was. Um, was the guy who did the Dos Equis commercials? <laughs> the, <laughs> the most interesting man. If that he just pulled off the that mask would be that awesome. That would be awesome. Um, if he pulled I'd, a tortilla off his face and made be... a taco out of it, but still had another tortilla under it, yeah, that would be or, even more awesome. Or what if he took the tortilla off of his face and he just happened to be Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior? That's right. Or the tortilla had a burned image of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ on oh, the tortilla. There we go. I love yeah. tortillas yeah. and Jesus. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. See what I did there? When you're about to saddle up and tread that rusty terrain. 
you need a brand of drink you can rely on. And when you reach across to grab that drink from your compadre on that dusty trail, it's better be something that's made from the heart. And when you open up that mix of taurine and tiger's tears, know that Balljack is there with you. Hell um, yeah! America. Balljack has been disputedly bringing its tasty, energizing mix to the mouths of dusty trailblazers like you since 1863. You're goddamn right! Don't leave your America. dusty trailmate hanging. Reach over and grab his Balljack. He's waiting for you to quench that dusty trailblazing <laughs> thirst with his Balljack. Woo! Balljack, the drink of dusty trailblazers. Reach for it today. Yeah, we've digressed <laughs> quite a bit here. Let's move I on. I knew that. Was, I knew that was either Brandon Boyd or a very, very skinny Anthony. That could be Jesus that. Christ as well. Yeah, uh, but it is Brandon Boyd because Incubus has teamed up with 311 for a summer tour, uh, beginning July 15th in Auburn, Washington, 35 cities. This will be the 30th anniversary for 311 as a band, and they're going to play all 50 states this year uh, oh. in celebration of that. And it's the 20th anniversary of the last time these two bands toured together back in the summer of 2000. So that's kind of oh, okay. cool. Okay, all right. Uh, we were talking about a lot of the kind of nostalgia, 30th anniversary, 20th anniversary. A lot of these bands really cashing in on that these days. Yeah. Uh, but it's also kind of a good point. Like it's it's kind of cool that the, this is the first time in 20 years these these bands have toured together. So. Kind of yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah. Check it out all around. It looks like we're going to get a date out here, Concord. I know we're going to have tickets for the Bear to give away July, July 17th, 17th, so you know, tune in for that. Incubus is always good life. You know, it's it's an opportunity for all these life. guys because there's such a – it's been a void in rock, you know? Yeah. And so there's – I mean, what do you have, Billie Eilish out? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah like, it's not even it's, rock. You know? I mean, that's what's rock now, you know? Yeah. Like, there's nothing that's been out. So, yeah. These guys are cashing in because there's kind of a, they're filling that void. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of them, uh, just are probably sitting around like waiting for these 15th, 20th anniversary tours. Just a perfect excuse to hit the road. Well, and you know, play those songs. It's interesting that you said that, Aaron, because Void and Rock happens to be the name of the music festival <laughs> that's sponsored by that's sponsored by Crow's Milk, Crow's Milk and Void and yeah, Rock 2020. That's where I got Void it. and Rock. Oh, it's yeah. uh, hosted on the Fiji Islands. It's yep, an exclusive absolutely. getaway. Yeah. Um, yeah. The lineup hasn't been announced yet. We'll talk about yeah. that more. But mm -hmm. yeah, with special guest Fagundis. <laughs> that's when I would go to. You can't leak that yet, Charles. Oh yeah, 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 so, yeah. That's, Hasn't been released. All right, let's get back to some real news. Uh, Mongolian rockers, The Who. We got we to interview them, them. Yeah, at, at Aftershock. Awesome. These guys are really cool. They yeah. recently got uh, uh, their highest state award for Mongolia, which is the Order of Genghis Khan for promoting Mongolian culture around the world. Oh, that's cool. So they're like out pillaging and raping and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. That good old they've, Genghis Khan award. They've, they've united and destroyed <laughs> like in equal values. But I uh, never remember that scene on a <laughs> shit. What was, Love that boat? what was that movie with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker? Oh, uh, Shanghai Noon. No, I'm no. just kidding. Rush Hour? That's Rush Hour. Yeah, Rush yeah. Hour. Anyways, remember that? That. He's in a, like a dojo or something, and the guy's <laughs> name is 
me or who? And he's like, who? You. No, me? You. And the other guy's name is me, and this guy's name is you, and the other guy, I don't know, ended up being this long-ass thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. That's what the who reminds me of. Yeah. <laughs> that scene from Rush Hour 3. <laughs> that scene from the who? Area. <laughs> no, I'm me. That's who. Who? Oh, shit. You know what? Uh, these guys right here had have crazy energy and inter interviewing us like this, you know, like ba basically coming and sitting down with us, it, you'd be surprised at how pumped up these guys were. At one point, I think it was like Chris made a comment and they all started going, who, 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 who? Like, it was like, it was crazy just the, the the fuel. I was like, man, these guys are like on jet fuel right now. So are are they aware is is the oh my god you point got the behind quote. their go name ahead. is are, do, is do it they know queued that, up? Go ahead, yeah. George. Go ahead. Uh, I'm ju I'm just asking. Are they aware of the rock band The Who? I think they are. Yeah, so this is yeah. This they're is very aware of, of American culture and bands. Okay. Yeah, it's a clever okay. play. On. So they get it. It's not just ironic. Right. Yeah. All right. It's H U. They right. spell it. Well, well, I'm a fan and I haven't heard them yet. Oh, they're awesome. We'll have to play it for you, man. Aaron's playing the quote that he's talking about from, uh, what is this? Rush, Rush hour? hour? Which one? The first one? Is this the first one, Aaron? The questions, old man. Who are you? So. You. No, not me, you. Yes, I'm you. Just answer the damn questions. <laughs> Who are you? I have told you. Are you deaf? No, you is blind. I'm not blind, you blind. That is what I just said. You just said what? I did not say what. I said you. That's what I'm asking you. And you is answering. Shut up. Whoop your whole ass, man, cause I'm sick of playing games. All right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> now we gotta pay for it. Yeah, yeah right. oh yeah, I know, right? I promise that wasn't a scene from Rush Hour. That was actually Aaron impersonating that entire scene. That was just me. Great impersonation. Yep. All right. You could play some uh triumphant horns over the top of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there sure. you go. All right, some more rock news this week. Soundgarden firing back at Vicky Cornell against this lawsuit that she's filing. Uh, the surviving members of Soundgarden have filed a new motion in court on Tuesday this week. Claim they uh, they denied withholding royalties from late singer Chris Cornell's widow and refuted her claim that she is the sole owner of several recordings. So here's the deal. Uh, she claimed that basically... The band, uh, she's accused the band of withholding royalties from their family in order to force her to turn over the recordings, which were ostensibly made in preparation for a new Soundgarden LP. She claims that Chris made seven recordings at his personal studio in Florida in 2017, and there was no explicit agreement that they were for Soundgarden. So she's trying to say they were like solo recordings, you mm. know? Uh, she then claimed that Soundgarden eventually decided to bring in its own producer, did not want to involve her in marketing the LP. So Soundgarden said in a response that they claim the unreleased recordings date far back as 2015, and they were made mostly in Seattle, New York, or on the road, and not even in Florida at all. The band also denied that her claim that it's purposely withholding money from her with the motion stating that no one in the band is actually being paid at the moment. The motion also questions her decision to file her lawsuit in Florida, claiming that Washington, where the band is from, would be a more appropriate jurisdiction. Hmm. So what do you guys... That sounds kind of fishy, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. And we, they, the band is saying that Vicky Cornell is, has possession of the only existing multi-track recordings uh, from Chris Cornell's instrumental parts and vocals, and she won't give them up, you know? Yeah. So do you think she's right that it's solo stuff, or do you think it was Soundgarden stuff? I guess that's really the question. Well, you know, I think, uh, honestly, Chris Cornell and Soundgarden, I mean... It, it they they were together for so long and they made such an impact in the music industry and that you know and it he was such a big influence and I think that the whole thing altogether regardless of who is to blame or whatever it's just genuinely sad yeah that's what I think sure. like you know it's it just it's disheartening that after after you know at least um when when uh Chester Bennington died like all kinds of good shit happened out of it. Like his wife started like this, you know, this movement, this anti-depression suicide. Yeah, she started that festival thing. Festival. That was, yeah, yeah, for all that. Yeah. And it seems like ever since Chris Cornell died, we've just been revisiting stories of like strife. Between... Same thing when Scott Weiland died from oh, Stone yeah, Temple yeah, Pilots. It was right. the same thing. There was all these people fighting yeah. over his estate. It was would a big old mess. Like, if he was still alive, would would those be solely owned by him if he was alive? Yeah, that he would. Because apparently his, those, they were like him, like writing song ideas is what I'm imagining. Like they were his, him sitting there writing, only. you know, an acoustic guitar, him and just him singing. Yeah. Like song ideas. Yeah. Whether it's for Soundgarden or solo, yeah. that's what's up for debate. So the, the argument that it could be considered community property since she's the spouse, it was his property. He's well, like, and then the band's saying that he wrote him on the road. I think it could be personal property with though. the band during that time. So if, he, if it was his own shit, and she would legally get the. Uh, not well, that I agree with it, but no, yeah, I mean it's a very valid point for both parties, and know, only tough. she has heard the music. Well, I don't know. Maybe the band has heard it too. I yeah. don't know. Um, yeah, how would they get their hands on it? If yeah, it was, yeah, I don't know. She she's the one who owns it, so I'm not really sure. Interesting. We'll have to see. Let's move on. This was a uh, good story for James Hetfield. Apparently, p- people were saying he was looking pretty good and full of energy. Um, <laughs> he looks like he's tweaking out. Yeah, he made his first major public appearance since entering rehab last fall with an exhibit featuring 10 of his classic custom cars. Um, it was at the Peterson Automotive Museum in L.A. And that's, um, I think that's the Munsters, uh, mo- the Munster Mobile. <laughs> oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> that fucking hearse. The, the drag thing, what the fuck's it called? It has a name. I'm like totally blanking Emily. on it. Emily. Dragula. Yeah, Dragula. I think that's something like that, right? Something. Uh, anyway, he auctioned off a couple of guitars and um, unveiled some of his cars and stuff. He said, quote, there's no other place like this. The Peterson is the pinnacle. It's the best place to have your vehicles. Um, and then uh, Robert Trujillo was there. Van Halen bassist Michael Anthony was there. Allison Chains guitarist Jerry Cantrell was there, hmm. and uh, it opened to the public. And then he was asked about uh, if Metallica was going to do a new album, and he said, "Quote: That's a great question. We don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. That's the beauty of this. We'll sit down and figure out what's work, what works best for us. Whatever's coming up, we don't know, and we kind of thrive off the fear of the unknown." I think so. I think he said it more like. And we kind of thrive <laughs> the unknown. You know, that's actually more accurate. <laughs> that is. You're right. You're right. That is. I just got out of rehab. 
Look at this picture of uh, Lars Ulrich's home that was up for sale. Oh, wow. It recently sold for 10 million. 13,000 square foot six bedroom home in Tiburon. Yeah. California. I love that the pool, um, did you, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the pool is actually full of the tears of the people who created Napster. And that smaller <laughs> pool is actually a jello shot that you can eat your way through. Oh, yeah. It's there just a go. solid jello shot pool. Yeah. You know? Yar. You hear that? That's the sound of Mother Nature. She's an uncompromising beast. Think about it. What was the largest mammal in the history of this earth? The blue whale. What did they eat to become the largest beast on the planet? Krill. That's right. We've harnessed the power of the wild and mysterious krill in our new triple baleen filtered krill reserve lager. We filter our beer in a revolutionary baleen strainer, imitating the way blue whales would eat and process their krill. Yar, this is the same process, filters, and extracts all of the seaworthy nutrients your body needs. We only harvest the most wild and exotic krill from one of the most deadly seas on the planet, the Black Sea. Yar! So whether you're fishing for barnacles, sailing the seven seas of cheese, or disposing of unwanted trash or bodies in your nearest lake. Yar, you need an uncompromising lager made of the same nutrients that fuel the beasts of the sea. Krill Reserve Lager. Triple baleen filtered for maximum krill potency. It's not just delicious, it's krillicious. Yar. Um, <laughs> check it out. My Chemical Romance fans are very furious as the tour sells out. And then Ticketmaster did this bullshit dynamic pricing packet, uh, practice that allowed the price of tickets for the band's tour to increase dramatically based on their demand, in some cases going over $1,000 hmm. for some tickets. The, the fan outrage was intense enough that hashtag Ticketmaster began trending in the top 10 on Twitter that day. Uh, they tried to help by limiting ticket transfer options announcing additional stops. Uh, they tried to add more dates to the tour, but a lot of fans were just fucking pissed because... And the whole point, of I think, of this is that Ticketmaster allows this to happen. They keep allowing it to happen with a yeah. lot of these bands that don't have a control over their ticket situation. Yeah. They fucking cash in big time with the scalpers and everything, and Ticketmaster's in on it. Yeah. And I'm fucking sick of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. As a fan who wants to buy tickets for a lot of these shows, I'm sick of Ticketmaster allowing this shit to happen. Yeah. Like, what What do we need to do? Like, just stop buying tickets? But it's, it's, it's like, that's the thing. How can you protest something like that Yeah. to a show you want to go to and just be like, no, I'm not going to buy tickets and protest. Right, right. But everybody right. else is going to buy tickets and someone's going to go. Yeah. Happened right. in the 90s, too. Yeah. Pearl Jam uh, fought them. Fish, the Grateful Fizz. Dead, a lot of the major touring acts that Ticketmaster was ripping off. Yeah. They started their own ticket business, like their own shit, you know? And but a lot of these bands aren't savvy enough, especially these bands that want to have like a 10, 20 year reunion. Yeah. Ticketmaster is going to cash in on that shit because everybody's going to want to want those tickets. Those bands don't have the infrastructure yeah. to create a good ticket market. Right. Uh, themselves. Right. Right. They're at the mercy of Ticketmaster. 
and they're gonna cash in on it. It's fucked up. I think the bigger well, question is such a demand that they're going for that price. It doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to get somebody else to promote them. Yeah, and that's who pays a thousand dollars to go see Mike? No, that's a romance? very you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's a, that's a good point. Um, a twelve-year-old of a very rich family, I guess so. <laughs> Joffrey, yeah. yeah, exactly. No, but I think the the that's a good point is that if they're able to have that much of a demand, why wouldn't the band be able to I mean, afford to pay something like that? Is that kind of your point? Yeah, I mean, hire promoting somebody. I don't know with how this shit works, but. I just yeah. figure there'd probably be a, at least some type of better. better well, way to in do the it. in the defense of some bands, though, like uh, for example, I'm thinking of like a band I want to see really bad, Avail. They're yeah. from Richmond, Virginia. The guys are like dirt poor. They're like workday guys, but they their tour would be a hotly anticipated tour. That yeah. if they announced a show out here on the West Coast, it would sell out like that. No matter who's yeah. selling the tickets. No matter who's selling the tickets. Yeah. But they don't have the wherewithal to necessarily create a ticket selling infrastructure in that time, you know, yeah. to be able to plan it. My Chemical Romance, are they English? They no, from they're here? from LA or oh, okay. New York or yeah. one of those places. I mean, they speak English. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like, I want to see the highly anticipated band, um, Joe Neck and the Bucktooth Pirate. <laughs> wow. And. And and in order that's to see doesn't those, everybody that's, that's doesn't everybody Charles chemical romance <laughs> it is that <laughs> ticket that <laughs> tour is already sold out it hasn't even been announced yet do you yeah, know you know what that. to see them you, you know to see them you have to beat somebody up and then you have to beat them uh, you hit them in the face right so hard uh, you have God. to and then you have to send them a tooth and if you get the tooth back under no your pillow, you have to put the tooth under your pillow yeah, first exactly that's, and then if you get it back in the mail. Yeah. You know that the transaction's complete. And you You'd know like, what? Oh, this is the tooth I put under my pillow. If he, the person who delivers the tooth, his nickname <laughs> is actually the Ticket Master. <laughs> Slash Tooth Fairy. It's, yeah. <laughs> Just anticipate that concert. Great segue into this next uh, story. Gr Green Day wants to re-record their album Warning from uh, 2000. It was one of the albums that they put out that was kind of different from a lot of Green Day shit at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, as a fan, I, I, it was one of the albums, honestly, that kind of turned me off uh, to the band. Yeah. To, if I'm being brutally honest about it, it was um, it was a more, it was an experimental album, and they want to apparently re-record re it because they didn't kind of feel the way it, it wasn't recorded the way they wanted to, and it was a lot of acoustic stuff. And so Mike Durant told us recently that acoustic guitars have always kind of been a big thing about the band, uh, that they always wanted to, like, make sure that, I don't know, they were always a punk band, right? Like, yeah. they always, you know, had distorted guitars and shit. But a lot of rock bands and punk bands want to do, like, acoustic stuff, too. Yeah. Because they write, he has a good point in this quote. You'll hear him, like, talking about how they write songs. It's not like you're waking up at 2 a.m., plugging in your amplifier writing a song and di with distortion you know yeah you're writing it on an acoustic guitar right you know and that's kind of the quote when people think of us they think of you know maybe our heavy guitars and the sounds that we've had on our records but we've written most of our songs on acoustic guitars for years and years and when we wake up in the middle of the night to write a song billy doesn't run to his amp and plug in his guitar you know he picks up an acoustic guitar and starts you know jamming on it you can play an acoustic guitar like an electric guitar you know i.e pete townsend and it can rock 
So huh. I think he's got a good point yeah, there. Yeah, right? for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, wants to re-record that? Check it out. You know, it would probably do a lot better. And they were saying they were experimenting with digital recording at the time. Yeah, it was supposed to be like state of the art, but it ended up being really shitty audio quality. Yeah, very shitty compared to it was that that shitty time in between analog and good digital. Yeah, the like the mid uh, early two thousands, late nineties. Yeah, it was a shit time for music. It oh all, yeah, it I all remember. sounded compressed to shit and yeah. fucking horrible and digital. Yep. Low bit rate, you know what I mean? Oh, no, I remember there was a Sunny Day real estate album that came out, and the entire album, although it had some pretty decent tracks on it, it sounded very poor quality. Yep. And this is after they, like, really took off. I think it was, like, their second It's just a weird album. time for music, man. Yeah. It was a very it was, strange time. It was, like, in 2000. It was about that same time. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess, uh, let's see, so Tortilla Man. Okay, Tortilla Man Mystery yep. Tortilla has man. been solved, apparently. Here's so there's that's why they're calling him Tortilla Man. That's the yeah. Slipknot mask. It looks like a tortilla, right? Like a burnt tortilla face with little eye holes cut out. You know? Can we all uh, take a guess? Like, take a gander like a, at who he is. I thought, I'll start. I thought at least it looked like another picture I saw before looked more like a t- tortilla. This guy looks like he's got like a leprosy potato sack on his head. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. you What's know, your guess, Charles? So it, underneath the tortilla mask, I'm gonna guess Takashi Six Nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Takashi six yeah. nine. <laughs> Takashi six nine. No, it's actually that guy on the left there, uh, young, bald dude. Uh, apparently, his name is uh, Michael Faff. P F A F F is his name, last name. Um, and so they were uh, the band Slipknot was on tour recently in Slovenia, and they took a stop at this Postonia cave, the most extensive cave system in Slovenia. And so there was Sean Clown Crahan there, Jay Weinberg, the two drummers, easily identifiable. But the guy on the left, everybody was like, who's that? Well, then they look at the book where Slipknot signed, the guest book, and there was Clown. In the middle, it said Faf, and then on the right, it was Jay Weinberg. So everybody figured out that it was Michael Faf, who apparently was in another band with Sean Crahan called Dirty Little Rabbits. And it's also a member of the Iowa-based duo, The Snacks. Mm, so right. there you go. I bet, he, I bet he plays real fast. The mystery of <laughs> the mystery of Tortilla Man has been solved. We can finally stop fucking talking about it. Thank <laughs> what God. What about Hamburger Face? Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Tortilla Man <laughs> and Hamburger Face are uh, is a thing that me and Charles yep. are working on. Yeah, it's going to be about a 1920s hard-boiled detective mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, called Hamburger Face. And Tortilla Man yeah. is the arch nemesis of Hamburger Face. I can't wait. And it's going to be a yeah. um, a, a thing that we're going to do. We're going to have some jazzy music. Oh yeah, uh, in the background. Picture. Yeah. Right. Did yeah. you think I started as Hamburger yeah. Face? Yeah. It's the dame. Be, yeah. The dame walked nah, in. They used to call me Baby Face. It yeah. was a stormy night Until in San accident. Francisco. Yeah. The dame walked in, smelling like cologne <laughs> of some other man I met down at the bar. Yeah. It was a stormy night. I used to be bread face, see? The toilet was overflowing. <laughs> I could smell the shit down the hallway. Yeah, there you go. Like a, oh, I the can't wait. The lettuce was spoiled in the fridge. I can't I wait. I couldn't make a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. See? See where we're going with that? That's going to be It's going to be, be good. so much fun. Yeah, there's more to Humphrey come Humphrey Bogart, Dick Tracy, watch out. All right. All right, so we got some trivia this week. I'll try and get Dolly in here in a minute. I'll say the question to you guys. You guys think about it and talk about it. 
I'll go get, go get Dahlia here in a minute. 42. On this week in 1983, two companies, Sony of Japan and Philips of Netherlands, announced that they have developed this, which drastically changed how music is recorded, stored, played back, and more. What was it? Was it A, the Walkman, B, the digital four-track recorder, or C, the compact disc? All right. I'll be right back. I'm going to go get, try and get Dolly in here. Oakley Doakley. You guys talk about it with the listeners. I would say, okay, so, so in 1983, two companies, uh, Crow's Milk and Ball Jack. <laughs> Digital four-track recorder, that kind of... Drastically changed how music is recorded, stored, played, back, and more. What was it? I'm going to go with Laserdisc, Chris. Final Let's answer, Laserdisc. Laser Not on the list, but a, a bold answer. A bold oh. answer. Compact disc was a little later. I'm going to go with the Walkman. The Walkman? Okay, but Aaron's going with the Walkman. Tr- it sounds tricky, though, with digital four-track recorder. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Walkman. I, had, I got you know, myself a Walkman probably about 88. You know, you my know. My dad wouldn't have bought it for me if it didn't drop in price a little bit. <laughs> you know... I'm I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. Uh, That's a good story, though. It's <laughs> a good story. <laughs> Back in 1983, uh, I'm gonna go with the digital four-track recorder. Digital four-track recorder. Okay, mm-hmm. and Aaron's going with the Walkman. Aaron. I'll repeat the question the for is, Dahlia. Is the Walkman? Is that? Is that brand specified? I, the Walkman was that Sony only? No, not or is there something else? Sony only. Well, I says, thought it was Sony only. If it says the Walkman, then I think it would be brand specific. Because yeah. otherwise, it would have just said portable portable cassette player. Yeah, correct. So Which I think is that one may thing. be the trick. I can't give you a hint on that. I don't know I'm that answer, my answer for sure. Yeah, digital four track recorder. Yeah. Hey, do you remember when the portable record player came out? Yeah. You could carry it on your side and it looked like a big shield. Do you see the yeah. question there, Dahlia? I had one. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. get you our dog like, in here. Yeah, have him answer it. As you like walked. Okay. <laughs> I just used Hold the small record. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. You turned that around on me, Aaron. You got me with that one. Dahlia? What do you say, Dahlia? Uh. Okay, 1983, two companies. Sony, I'm sorry, and I'll, I'll cut back Charles to Lalo's book right now. It was just awesome. I'm reading it. It sounds like a Stephen King novel as I read it. Oh, Damn. Fifty Shades of Grey? No, no, no. It's, it's a school curriculum. Let's not digress here. <laughs> we'll stick to the trivia. Two companies, Sony of Japan and Philips of two the Netherlands, of announced that they have mm-hmm. devel- developed this, which dress. Okay, I'm going with the uh, C compact disc. Okay. Oh, George, what do you what do you say? You haven't said anything yet. I also think it's the CD. The, the CD. CD. Well, you Whoa. two are correct. It is the CD. Wow. The compact disc was released on this week in 1982, February 3rd. 
by Philips and Sony. It you know was what? co-developed by those guys. That question was real seedy. Do you know what? <laughs> do you know what the very first CD release well, was? Oh, Jesus I Christ Superstar, I'd... the soundtrack. Um, no, I don't. Not off the top of my head. The sound it of was Billy morning. Joel, 52nd Street. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. oh that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Because he was signed to Columbia, Sony Columbia. So that was probably high-end technology at the time, super expensive. And oh, yeah. I saw yeah. my, oh, yeah. I saw oh, my yeah. first CD in 1984. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. You, All right. you got a CD in 84? No, no, no. I, a friend brought one to school. Like, wow, we heard these were coming. Yeah, wow. remember those giant ass laser discs? That oh yeah, those are movies. That was my school. first guess. Right? They were like the first <laughs> Blu-ray. Yeah, first DVD. Um, all right, some more trivia for you guys on this week in music history trivia. February fifth, nineteen ninety nine. This band's debut album from nineteen ninety one is finally certified platinum. Was it A. The Smashing Pumpkins with Gish? Gish. B. Pearl Jam with <laughs> Ten or C. Blur with Leisure. Which uh, album do you think it was? Dahlia, you go first. Okay. Um, February 5th, 1999. This band's Yeah, about eight album. years later in 99. Oh, 91. Yeah. Well, didn't... Okay. Um, I don't think Gish... These all came out in 1991. Right. Yeah. They did. Yes. However, I don't think Gish was certified platinum. Therefore, I'm going with B, Pearl Jam 10. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? Um, A is not my answer, but um, I think that Gish was during the time when Steve Perry took over for vocals for the Smashing Pumpkins. That is not and true, I, Charles. I, that <laughs> never happened. Just a little... Just a little uh, uh, for everyone listening. Uh, <laughs> um... I'm gonna go with Pearl Jam 10 because it is a it's a, it was a great album, um, and it continued to slowly rise like, <laughs> like bread, like yeast. a foam it really in did, a cappuccino. Like, yeah, like a tortilla man. Tortilla man's like face. A tortilla man's face. Aaron, what do you say? I'll go with B two. Pearl Me Jam. Too. Pearl Jam nice. all around. Okay. My favorite Star Wars character. Uh, Pearl Jam. George, what do you say? Uh. You know, I I'm a big Blur fan, so I'm gonna say Blur, but blur? I actually think oh. it is Blur. 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 Yeah. It's oh, Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. Oh, really? You're all wrong. Gish. Smashing Pumpkins. Gish. William Corgan. Certified Platinum. Oh man. February fifth, nineteen ninety nine. So there you go. Nice, nice. Fun done fact. Gish. Fun done fact. Gish. Nice. <laughs> Ain't that some Gish? Damn it, Gish! <laughs> whoop de woo! <laughs> whoop de woo! Ain't that some Gish? Whoop de woo, Gish! Wash that hair. Wash that hair now. All right. <laughs> Next up, this musician was also born on this week. Can you identify who it is with this 10-second song clip? Hint number one here. He firmed to, formed his first band called the Earwigs mm. with his fellow cross-country friends in high school. Cross-country. Hint number two is that he stopped drinking in the 80s, and he now helps fellow rockers get and stay sober. Oh, so he's still alive. All right. So yes, he still is still alive. He's still active. So let's let's play this quote for you, or musical yeah. musical song selection, well, I should say. Well, it's not say. a coked out David Crosby. It is for not. Sure. Oh. Uh, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> 
That was Snoop Dogg. Alice Cooper. Yes, that is during, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper turning his Snoop Lion. Turning uh, seventy-two <laughs> this week. Born Vincent Damon Fournier. Oh, that's a de- definitely more of a metal name than a uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah, he was named after the band. The band was called Alice Cooper as, as kind of like a whatever name, oh. you know. And then he just adopted that Love stage name. You must Vincent. quit. I know, look at him with his gloves. It's pronounced Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Which in Algonquin means the the good land. land. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, so next up, some more birthday trivia. Going to play a movie clip now, 10 seconds or less. You have to identify from this clip whose birthday it is. It could be any voice you hear on the quote, so you got two hints. Please, Uh, Jesus Christ, superstar. It is not that. It is not that, Charles. All right, hint number one here is this person once was an MTV VJ in 1989 and released a music video. Hint number two, his mother was a comedian who owned her own comedy club. Oh, Polly Shore. Who's, well, the, who's the bald guy? Geez. Oh, no, it is Polly Shore. Matt Pinfield. Yeah, I was thinking Matt Pinfield, but it is Polly Shore. With you sometime, cool, <laughs> Dude, how did I answer that so cool, fast? Buddy. How did I answer that so Say fast? Bye, bye, girl. See you later. Wow. Yeah. I'll just be um this <laughs> Yep, Polly Shore turned yeah. 52 February 1st. How is he doing these days? You never know. I don't know. He sells well, crack cocaine at, on the corner of Look at a picture of, uh, of him there on the right. Better than he did then. Right? Looking yeah. kind of rough. I don't know. He was the guy at Starbucks this morning passed out with long hair and he hair. He was. <laughs> he was. And, and he was like, got 50 cents, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Movie TV entertainment news this week. Check it out. Look at this uh, new. It's kind of a documentary um, concert thing. It's called oh. The Doors Break On Through, a celebration of Ray Manzarek. Um, that's uh, got Robbie Krieger, John Densmore, um, a lot of people in it. Stephen Perkins from Jane's. Go no problem, John Charles. X. Thank Take you for coming. Yeah, Thank for you, man. Sure. No problem. Thank right. you guys See for you guys stopping later. by. Oh, yeah, John Doe and Xene, both from X. Yeah, wow. Warren Haynes in there, Robert DeLeo, Stephen Perkins, uh, and many more in cinemas one night only, February 12th. So check that out. The doors break on through a celebration of Ray Manzarek. Wow, I hope that plays locally. Yeah, I know. Well, probably not. We'll probably get it like a Modesto and Fresno. I go. Um, that far. Kiss manager uh, confirms official biopic for Kiss for 2021. Uh, Doc McGee paired on Rock Talk and talk, talked about it. And he said, I can tell you the film is being made with Mark Canton. He's a great producer, really good guy, blah, blah, blah. So... They're on their end-of-the-road tour right now, and you know they're going to do some kind of shit like that. I mean, Gene Simmons has always been a very, you know, savvy guy when it comes to that kind of shit. Making money off the band and documentaries and stuff seems, you know, like it'd be a, you know, a no-brainer. Here's him talking about Kiss. The one thing that I knew, because I went on the road with them all the time, and I know Neil probably believed this too, was the effect they had on an audience. From the very first time they ever performed, not in New York, when they played that gig I set up in Detroit, and they were on, you know, it was Ted Nugent, and it was Bob Seger, and it was them, and then Aerosmith. I never saw them not kill an audience. There you go. So, Kiss Biopic on the way. Uh, News from around the world. You hear about Groundhog Day? If the groundhog saw his shadow or not, well, we've had conflicting reports, guys. Apparently, uh, both things happened with two different groundhogs. The one in Pennsylvania, though, 
uh, did not see a shadow. So that means we'll see an early spring, right? But wait, the other famous weather-predicting groundhog, General Beauregard Lee, who works out of Jackson, Georgia, flatly predicts six more weeks of winter. We report, you decide. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Who really cares? Um, but it is worth mentioning. I predict March 20. Much like the Iowa caucuses, who really cares? Caucus. But it is worth mentioning. What a, what a fucking shit show that was. Uh, we don't need to talk about it. I'm sure you've heard about it everywhere else, but God damn it. Can't, wow. Why do we got to introduce a fucking app into the voting process? Why can't we just stick with fucking paper and mailing in a ballot, doing a paper ballot when you go down to the polling place? Right. What's so complicated with that, right? Why, why the fuck can't we just <laughs> stick with that? I don't know. I'm just going to move on. We're not going to talk about anything else about that. Uh, this was kind of a cool story before we get to the pizza ring. Uh, that you guys saw a little picture of there. Video of baby's first steps returned after found in a used TV. So get this. This guy was a college film student. Went and bought, went and bought a TV at Goodwill as a prop, right? Mm-hmm. Had it as a prop in his film. Six months later, he was shocked to find that there was actual tape inside this TV. Played it, and it was a picture. It was a, a tape of a baby taking its first steps, <laughs> and so a baby named Tyree. It was labeled, you know, Tyree. It was an eighteen-minute video. Went on Facebook, found the person, and now uh, a friendship between the guys have grown out of it, and uh, returned it to him. And the guys uh, actually older now, uh, and they saw it on a local news channel. So isn't that kind of a? I thought that was a cool story. That is a really cool yeah. story. Yeah. So anyway. Look at this, though. Domino's <laughs> Australia created an 18-carat yellow and white gold piece of jewelry that looks like a pizza slice. Looking awesome. It's valued at $9,000, and it's just in time for Valentine's Day. Look at that. Wow. Pizza slice fucking diamond ring. Damn, I'd rather have the pizza. <laughs> it's a perfect <laughs> gift for your big girlfriend. For your bigger <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> oh, Holy shit. framed girlfriend. So, I don't know. It's expected to be placed on one woman's finger come Valentine's Day as part of a promotion. Oh, it's what I've dreamed of, So you can, like, go to Australia's Domino's thing and (laughs) fucking sign up to win it or some shit. I don't know. It is pretty sick, though. It is kind of cool. It's one of a kind, that's for sure. You know, if you're a collector of one of a kind jewelry, (laughs) that's something kind of cool. Pepper (laughs) rubies. There you go. All right, that does it for us this week. Follow us on Instagram at Garage Rock Show Podcast as well as Facebook.com, Twitter.com slash Garage Rock Show. All of our links are up, nine different platforms to GarageRockShow.com. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of The Garage Rock Show. TGRS assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. This disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com.